This episode of the Cutting Edge Podcast is brought to you by GlassGadget.com. Showcase Innovations creates tools that help shower door installers be more efficient and save time. Check out GlassGadget.com for more information. All right. Hey, everybody. Good to see you again. We're back. That means it's Wednesday. It's 5.30 p.m. here in beautiful Santa Cruz, California. Um, and probably a different time where you are. I know it's kind of late for some of you guys, so thanks for showing up. It's always always good to see you. Um, we are just going to talk about shower doors, shower door business, you know, see what's new and exciting, what kind of um, challenges people are facing. Um, and uh, yeah, just kind of check in, see how everybody's doing. You know, I... Um, had somebody offer a suggestion for um for a topic tonight and uh actually it was uh who was it bill bill passed it along but um the idea was just like you know how how do you deal with that customer who calls and wants you to come and take out an existing shower enclosure um, because they want to like change the tile or they have to fix something or reground or whatever and then come back and put that glass back in. Um, do you get calls no. like that? Oh yeah. How do you handle that? What do, tell me, Tim, what do, you, what do you say to those guys? No. I mean, you Just can build a simple one-syllable answer, right? No. You know, and I had a contractor that did that. They took out the glass and... Because yeah, we put it back exactly the same. And I go over there and no. You know, it's a waste never, of time. Never do they put it back exactly the same. No. And you don't know if those things were cut out of whack to begin with or whatever. You want my two cents? Absolutely. All right. Uh, yeah, we do it all the time, but we don't like to reinstall glass that's there. I do feel for some people because they may have gotten a new shower door frameless enclosure. We may have done it maybe a year or two ago. And whoever did the tile work may have done a poor job. There's a leak. And then you have that situation. But uh, I'd say uh, a pretty good percentage of our business does involve removal of frame showers we patch the holes we haul it off uh dispose of all the stuff and uh put in a frameless and we're doing that pretty successfully there are some frustrations so it's not always a perfect situation and we do run into a few issues here and there but we are getting quite a bit of business out of it and we charge for that service um, we're also uh, really, I think, over the last year, year and a half, we've done better with trip charges. So, you know, just reinforcing those trip charges every time and letting people know that we're going to charge them trip charges and it's a non-refundable thing. So, but uh, yeah, we don't, it's not always perfect. I mean, honestly, it's not perfect. So you're talking about actually replacing an existing enclosure with a new frameless enclosure, right? In general, yes. Now, if it's something like what you're talking about, if it was a framed one or frameless that was removed and they retile it, you know, a lot of times we have a non-refundable trip charge to go out there and measure and check to see how the glass is going to work. And a lot of times we can resell all of it. So what, what is your trip charge? How do you figure that? <laughs> um, it could be more than it is, but it's uh, $85 non-refundable flat, um, unless it's a long distance. And that's just to measure or to, you know, uh, troubleshoot the situation. It's more of a consultation, but it allows us to sell. So that's just to show up in the job 
and uh, before any work is done or anything like that. Yes, and usually it's done by not the installers unless they're in the area already. It'll be one of, we have a dedicated measuring person plus myself and a couple others that can also do that. Nice. So uh, let's see. So Tim just, he just says, no. How about you, Billy? Do you have, what's your policy about that? Like, uh, no. Um, so do we prefer to go and take out a shower and then reinstall it? No, uh, it's not a, it's not something we want to do. Uh, but I also am understanding, I'll tell you guys right now, I'm in a brand new house. We built a house in 2020. My master shower pan leaked. Somebody made a mistake on the Curdy system. Uh, I found out I got in some tiles. So I'm in that situation right now. I have, I have a, a soft close in my master shower that's been sitting there for five months because I haven't gotten around to pulling it out so that we can fix the pan. So, so I'm understanding the homeowners that are dealing with that problem. Somebody needs to take it out most people don't feel comfortable handling glass um, unless you handle glass regularly. So we're very upfront and we separate each of the portions of it into separate charges. So we don't give like a set number. It's going to be a time and material base uh, job. And also how busy we are plays into it. Um, and, you know, that's a, that's a definite thing I have to consider right now is how busy we are, how many people we have, but we do it. And we, you know, we run a charge for the initial removal. Uh, we're going to leave the product there on site. Uh, and it's up to the homeowner to maintain it during that process. We don't want to bring it back in our shop and get it back in a mix with all of our stuff. And then we're going to have a separate charge again for the reinstall uh, that it starts at the, you know, a non-refundable number. Uh, if we go out there and it happens not to fit, you're going to pay that no matter what. And then we're going to start the process over if there is need for that um because at no point is it our responsibility to make sure anything fits like it is normally so first charge and then we go back out second charge uh if there's a problem the customer understands that they're going to pay that minimum no matter what and hopefully it goes back in and everybody's happy but it's i would i would agree with tim it's pretty rare that everything gets put back the way it was because <laughs> those tile guys and that contract don't quite understand if something's cut you know, three sixteenths out and an eighth out, it's got to be three sixteenths out and the eighth out, or it's not going back in proper. So it's a, it's a, not a fun thing, but you don't want to, I don't want to tell people no, if, you know, if I can fit it in around some other stuff and make a little money on it, you know, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you've got a well thought through process. I mean, it's not that uncommon or trial and error, trial and error. Yeah, the thing that irks me the most is somebody buys something online or, you know, it's a dream line or something. And then they call and say, how much would you uh, install it for? Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I don't install doors purchased anywhere else. I just don't, you know, that is explain missing parts or it's not measured right. It's not going to fit right. And then if, if there's any damage, who's responsible for the damage? And it's just too many can of worms. That's right. Yeah, I thought that was a good conversation that came up on the uh, Facebook page. Uh, some guys were talking about what they charge to go out and put in, you know, the big box uh, or box showers. Uh, we don't do it uh, just because my volume, I don't, I don't know that I can fit it in. And if it's something my guys aren't familiar with, then it kind of throws a wrench in their process. My guys, my install crews are pretty, you know, young, I would say. Everybody is, I think my oldest is like 41, maybe. And then everybody's younger than him on my shower on my shower crews, so even frame showers give my guys trouble because they've done so few of them. Uh, so when you throw in like a Kohler or one of these Dreamlines or OVOs or whatever, it's so unfamiliar to them, it's just going to take extra time. So I we we have a hard no policy on that right now, uh, and but I'm always open to change that if you know if things slow down or we're looking for work, uh, then I'm going to do whatever I have to do to make sure the guys are busy. But right now they're busy just doing frameless stuff that we're selling. So mm -hmm. that's a good. Does thing. anybody sell a frameless over the counter? You know, if somebody comes in and wants to buy the glass and hardware, do you sell that to them? Typically, I don't. Uh, well, I have, but it, they can't return it. You know, if there's a scratch, they need to look over it before it leaves the shop. I don't want to 
have that conversation later. Yeah. What usually happens with us is they'll ask us, and I have done it and will do it because I'm going to make good money on it. So it's no different than we have retail. So we sell retail all the time. So I just, I look at it like a retail sale. But when I start asking them all the questions of, you know, hardware cutouts and locations and out of squares and all that stuff, a lot of them go, eh, maybe I don't want to do this myself. Um, but yeah, I'll do it. it. For me, it's just, it's I, they can bring in their their drawing of what they want. And one of the girls in the office can order it just like they order a pizza tempered or an IG and they'll come pick it up just like we're selling retail stuff. Do you have problems with anybody like trying to come back to you and say something's not right? No, no. I mean, I wouldn't say this is a very frequent thing. Um, I would say, you know, it's probably less than 1% of what we're selling. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, but I haven't, I haven't had any problems because I'm very clear uh, that you provide your sizes. You tell me what hardware you want you've got to have some kind of knowledge of what you want, or I'm not, I'm not doing any of that for you if I'm not putting the shower in. Right. And I agree with that. Yeah. You, you know, make, I, them, you I make them sign off on the sizes. Yeah. They have to provide me the sizes themselves. So and they, they make them sign off on what. what I'm not do. doing any deductions. They're telling me an exact glass size. Yeah. That's going to be attached to their work order. So um, now, if the glass came in and it didn't match that size, then yeah, I would I would consider that a problem. But I'm sending it to my manufacturer as glass size direct. So yeah, you know. and then you tell them, you know, it's not like cutting a piece of plywood. You might get plus or minus what you want. Yep. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I think just about every supplier has a like a one eight, um, you yeah. know, tolerance. So they have to figure that in too. But then the 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 customer doesn't know that. Yeah, they need to be educated in that. Yeah. You know, and that's something that I do from time to time, but just with certain customers, like I've got a couple of guys who are just kind of, uh, you know, like general, like one man general contractors, kind of like a high profile handyman yeah. kind of thing. And they'll, they'll do those frameless enclosures sometimes. And a guy like that, I don't have a problem, you know, supplying them with, you know, hardware and glass. And, uh, you know, I use showers online. So it's pretty easy to like model it up in showers online and then just save that PDF of all of the cut sheets. And then I can provide the guy with that and go, okay, this is what you're going to get. Or, you know, plus or minus an eighth of an inch, right? So then um, when they approve that, then it's, it's really easy to, to say, Hey man, you know, you got what you asked for, you know? And, and again, these are always people who I have a relationship with. So I know that, you know, it's a known quantity. It's not just somebody coming in off the street. Someone could just comes in, you know, it's like, Hey, they want to order something for me. I shy away from that. It I tend, I tend to find that the guys that are bold enough to want to buy a frameless shower and put it in themselves, tend to not want to come back and say, hey, I, I ordered this wrong. It's the wrong size. It won't fit. They're going to like, you know, trim tile. Like they're going to remove tile. They're going to do something like that because they don't want to admit that. Because I'm very upfront like, hey, I'm not going to help you do this unless you want me to do it. So I'm pretty, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a pretty dry guy when I do sales. So it's even drier when you're calling me wanting something because you think we, you can do what we do every day as well as we can do it. So if you feel that way, cool. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to help you. I'm not going to help you. Just tell me what you want. I'll order it for you. You can take it and go. Um, so I don't think they want to come back and tell me, hey, this didn't fit. I, ordered, I measured it wrong or, or whatever. So, No, I had a guy come in. He wanted a panel. And I said, you bring in a piece of paper with what you want, your sizes. You sign off on it. I'll order it. Yeah. Just for something... He bought, you know, from Home Depot or something with a panel. The panel he got didn't work, so. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah, right. You know, you make a good point too, Billy, about like when a guy like that who's doing that kind of work is going to just kind of make it work. He's not going to come back and say, hey, you know, I need to reorder it unless he absolutely has to. And like when I'm doing an installation, um, it's like, I'm looking for it to be absolutely perfect, right? 
And if I have to make it work, making it work for me is like, it's not absolutely perfect. You know what I mean? It's like, it's three sixteenths gap at, at the bottom and an eighth at the top, you know, or something like that. I mean, that's, you know, like what I can live with. Whereas, you know, the average guy out there can live with, you know, quite a bit more You're like than, than what I can, you know? Mm -hmm. You mentioned, uh, you know, the one eighth tolerance from the fabricator. Uh, I tell you, I had to have to say my fabricator gets it almost every time with less than a 16th off. Well, three eighths is a 16th. So, you know, yeah. they're pretty close. Yeah. I have the same experience. I mean, I get it pretty much pretty close to perfect. And if it is off, it's usually like a 16th shy, which yeah. is like a lot easier to work with than, you know, a 16th proud, you know, you have to, you have to know your your fabricator and how close they are if they're plus or minus and you know then I'll do yeah. I'll I'll take off another sixteenth or something to make it come out right. I'll right. say that I I wish I had a better handle on tolerances because um, I don't I don't put my hands on many showers to be honest uh, with the way you know the volume that we're doing and and what I'm doing during my day I'm not seeing a I, I don't see a shower very often at any point. Um, I might see it in a rack in the, in the, in the shop at some point, but I, I don't know how well our tolerances are. My, I know if they, if they're too bad, my guys are going to come back and complain to me when they go try to put it in. Yeah. But I, I wish I had time to get on an install more often so I could have a better feel for, uh, I try to get that communication back out of my, my crews, but that's hard sometimes because they just, they just kind of get used to what they're getting and, and figure out how to make that work every time. Um, so that's something on my, you know, my end, I wish I did a better job of was getting a better, better handle on, on what, it, what they're running into on the installs. Cause I'm not there, you know, I'm, I'm not getting to see that product. I rarely get to see them when they're done uh, until I get a picture of them, you know, sent to me. So, so it would be nice to be able to be a little more hands-on sometimes <clears throat> like some of you guys get to be. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> Yeah, especially today, I had a great time. Um, so, Ellie, then, I haven't seen you in a while, man. How, how about you? Do you guys, uh, what's your position on, you know, doing a demo reinstallation for somebody who, who contacts you asking for something like that? Most of the time, uh, we don't do it. We just tell them, you know, that we're uh, really busy and uh, unfortunately, we are not able to help them. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, we're, most of the time we are like super busy, so we just really don't do it. And um, yeah, so we've we've done it in the past, and we have you know a huge disclaimer that says you know when you uh, replace uh, frameless with a frame, tiles can come out. You're gonna find decoloration, cracked tiles, faults. You are responsible for all of that. So we we have done it, and we will do it for you know. Uh, some repeat customer that you know that purchase uh, volume throughout the year. If they if they need that service, no problem. But if it is a homeowner, usually we wouldn't do it. Yeah, those existing customers that that's kind of a different story. I mean, they're, correct. You know, they're a different animal. I mean, you do things for them that you wouldn't do for for somebody else. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, what about? Um, installing customer supplied shower enclosures. Do you guys do that at all? We, believe it or not, we get a lot of calls from builders where other glass companies have done work and they want us to repair it. Or sometimes, you know, a designer wanted to buy, you know, like a grid shower and, you know, everybody was like over the top with their quotes. So they went and got one from Home Depot and they want us to do it. Um, we would only do it under some circumstances, but we don't really do that either. So um, we tell them, you know, we're going to do it custom, but if you want us to do it, you're 100% responsible. We are not going to, and you're going to pay for it. So you're going to pay for our service. If we break the glass, you have zero warranty, everything in writing, they sign off on it. We will do it. Otherwise, you know, we, we don't do it. Proud of you. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, uh, it's, I think many times, you know, because we want to be customer service driven, 
we are maybe too afraid to say no to customers or to tell them the truth. You know, like this is something that if you're buying something from Home Depot, from Lowe's or from online, you know, like we get so many calls of customers saying, hey, I bought this online. Can you install it? And sometimes it's a many times our because we are manufacturers, our product is going to be less expensive custom made than whatever they're going to have to pay from an online or retail store plus the installation cost. So we tell them, you know, if you can return it, return it. And then we will uh, manufacture a custom one that is going to be most of the time is same price or even a little lower. Yeah. No, I had, a con I had a contractor that we do a lot of work for and the homeowner bought something online. It's laying there on the floor, wanted me to put it in. I looked at it and the walls, you know, Creates an inch out of plum. And I told them to box it up and send it back. Yeah, yeah you know, that's a big thing. Like that, you know, it's because it's funny over time, these things kind of change, right? Like when you're new and you're kind of hungry and you really don't know exactly, you know, you'll, you'll kind of say yes to everything. And it's not a bad thing because you get a lot of great experience doing that both with, you know, materials and with, you know, with customers and just that whole experience of, you know, having problems, you know, and, and, and hashing those out. Cause that's basically what these things produce. It's just like problems, you know, and we think of problems in a negative light because, you know, we're human and we don't like problems, but really problems are a good thing. Problems, you know, problems are what make you grow. There's, they're what make you learn. And uh, so early on, that's great. But when you get to, when you're kind of in your groove, and you're hitting your stride and it's like, okay, now we're busy and we're cranking out, you know, the kind of work we want to do all the time, you know, going back to doing those things really throws a wrench in the gears, you know? And it's like, I mean, you can end up, it's always those cheap little jobs that end up really taking all of your bandwidth. Right. That's right. So Brian, how about you? What, 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 what's your take on this? Who? Brian. Brian. What's up, Brian? How you doing, man? How's it going, guys? Um, so, there. I guess there's really no, right, there's no short answer to the question. Um, and and kind of like what you just said, when I first started out, um, out on my own, I did that a few times uh there were a couple times where the homeowner or the contractor had removed the old glass and wanted me to come you know and, and put it back in um i took those jobs early on because i didn't have a lot going on and i was looking to build relationships uh not only with homeowners in the area but contractors and stuff like that uh now, I mean, there's a couple contractors that I do work for that have asked me to do it. Um, you know, they were going to redo all the tile in, in, a, in a bathroom due to water damage or whatever. You know, how much is it going to be to remove this thing and, and, and reinstall it? And it's like, the truth is, is there's a lot, I feel, there's a lot more involved in the removal of that glass and you got to clean all the silicone off you got to make sure it's it's gonna look okay when you go to put it back in and by the time all that's done it's like you know for another four or five hundred bucks you can get all brand new glass brand new hardware custom glass made to to fit your opening you don't have to worry about building the walls out of plumb to accept this old glass i'm taking out um so at that point it really becomes how good are you at selling your product and yourself and your service? Um, which I think I've gotten a little bit better at. Uh, I would like to think I have. Um, but I never just give, it's never just a short answer to the person that's on the other line. It's never just a no. Uh, I'll always try to talk to them a little bit. And if they're close enough, I'll try to get out there and take a look at it. And then I can explain to them why it's not a good idea for me to do this. Um, this is a better way to do it. And, and, you know, why don't you sit on that for a little while, you know, check your budget, whatever. And then, uh, you know, we'll kind of, 
we'll kind of get back to it in a couple of days. And I mean, I've made sales that way, you know, and it's, I think it's a lot easier. It's a lot less stress on certainly on me. Um, and I think on them as well, sometimes. No, uh, I, that's I, great do, I don't just say no, I do explain to them, <laughs> All right. you know, I got to clean the glass. I get out there. It doesn't fit. So now you wasted all this time. So just order a new class. Yeah, I think I think that was a killer answer, Brian. Um, honestly, I feel like we're all pretty much in the same boat. For the, for the right person and the right customer or the right relationship, we're going to do really anything. Um, and like, you know, my main contractors that I do, you know, I'm doing uh, large amounts with every year. I'm not really going to tell them no for anything. If I can figure out a way to make it work, I'm going to do whatever they need me to do. Because here's the bottom line that we're all dealing with is if I'm making money on it, I'm going to do it. Um, if it doesn't throw off what I, whatever, whatever else I'm doing, because that, I mean, let's be honest, we all like, like love glasswork, but we're all here to make money. I mean, that's, that's the bottom, that's the bottom line of the whole thing. So if the money's right, uh, I'm going to do it. Uh, you know, either, no matter what that means, you know, if, if I can tell, if somebody wants me to tear out their, their door and put it back in and they're willing to pay me, you know, I've explained to them, you know, new doors, a hundred dollars more, but you want me to do this and I can fit it in the schedule. Why wouldn't I do it? That's, that's, that's the key thing we always talk about is uh, there's no right or wrong answer here. If your business can do it and make money at it and it's not losing you money somewhere else, that's, that's just, that, that's business. So it's not like there's a right or wrong. I think we all don't like to do it because it's something, you know, that we all know is a pain. But if it makes money and, it, you know, what if that were your whole business is going out and pulling out showers for people when they have uh, water damage or something going on, then you're running a business just doing that. You know, that's, that's a business in itself if, if you're doing it. So I, I would say, yeah, I don't like doing it. I rarely do it. I'm going to do it for the right people typically. But if a guy's out there going, well, I shouldn't do this because other people say you shouldn't do it. Now, piss on that. If you can make money and, and it fits in your time frame, do it, dude. Work is work. Mm -hmm. Well, I like what Brian said. The very last thing was it's less stress on not just on yourself, but less stress on the customer. And you can almost just tell it, the customer that, you know, just, just because of all the issues that can arise. And uh and, you know, Tim was right about, uh, you know, you clean it all off, you spend all this time, and then it doesn't quite fit right or something, and what a pain. Right. That's the stress. And I, I feel like it takes, it takes that much more time, too, to take out the old one and clean it up, you know, and then, and then put it in you know, apples to apples. I mean, I feel like your time invested in it is, I mean, you could be double than if you were to just order new glass and, and, and put in a new unit. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think you're right. My opinion thinks you're right. I just always want to look at the other side of it. If they're, you know, if a guy's sure. out there lounging for work or he's new, do what you got to do, man. Do what you got to do to make money, you know, if, if it, if it fits for your business, mm -hmm. all of us in here, it probably doesn't fit for our business. Uh, I don't think there's anybody here who's not established and, and, and is scrounging for work. But if you are, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to knock anybody that's out there trying to, trying to get work done. So. You know, this is like, I have customers call me. They say, oh, I, I have a mirror. I want to cut down. I says, <laughs> Can you get it to the shop? No. <laughs> So, okay, so I have to go out there, pick up the mirror, charge you for that, bring it back here, cut it down, charge you for that, and then take it back to your house. So why don't you just order a new mirror? Oh, you can't just cut it down in my driveway, Tim? You can't just put it on the concrete and... Yeah, then it's glued on. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know. Okay. Well, that's a good question. Does anybody cut mirror on site? Occasionally, we just did a job the other day. Again, it's one of those, if it were a regular homeowner, no chance I would have told him we to do it. But it's the owner of an architect group, owner architect builder group that we deal with. It's his personal house. He wanted an alcove mirrored out with holes in it. Um, 
everything's out of plumb, ceiling's out of plumb, countertop's out of plumb, the sheetrock's wiggling up the corners. Mm -hmm. No chance of doing it for a homeowner, but for this guy, no chance I'm telling him no. Um, so I sent my guys with doubles of each sheet, uh, and we went ahead and drilled the hole, like pre-drilled the holes, and then we trimmed it all off with the angles to make sure that the alcove fit and the reveals were proper. So not typically, but yes, we set up a cutting table with carpet and everything, and they took it with them, put it on sawhorses, and did the fab on site because of who the customer was. And that's the honest truth. I'm, I'm going to make money on it. I'm not doing it for the typical you know, labor charges I'm going to do a mirror job for, but um, I'll do anything that makes sense, if that makes sense to you guys. If it doesn't make sense, I'm not going to do it. Right. You know. well, it's fun, kind of funny. The co a company I used to work for years ago, we had a number of uh, installers. They'd go out there and cut mirror on site all the time and just custom cut it, which was amazing to me. Um, it is. It is. I actually sent my shop guy. school, right? I sent the guy who's in my shop cutting every day um my because we we have retail sales so he's my you know he's my guy who's my guy where he can cut whatever he want you know whatever he thinks of if i tried to do it on site it'd be a waste of time and mirror and everything else because i have <laughs> years but this guy's really good so he doesn't like leaving the shop but i was like man i can send everybody else here and we can screw it up or i can send you and we get it done so i send my guy that's good with a you know a hand tool and he goes out there and knocks it out so so yeah, it's it's a it's an art. That's when I talk about it being an art and having a feel for things, cutting glass by hand and getting it right. You gotta know what you're doing. This was like we used to put a, you know, 60, 130 on the truck, take it out to the job site, and cut it in place on the side of the truck. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that done. I mean, I've seen guys cut it right off the right off the rack. I mean, uh, yeah, right some guys are really talented. If you've got a guy like that. You're blessed, you know, to have someone who can do that kind of work. It's cool because this guy is my, you know, he's 30, 36, 37, but he's been just doing, he's doing our retail stuff for, you know, 10 years now. So he's, he's good away. He's a craftsman. You know, it's a, it's a definitely a craft for sure. Hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, really it all comes back to, you know, relationship. It's really all about relationships, right? If I, if I get a call from, a cold call, you know, from a customer I've never worked with before. And he wants, you know, frameless shower enclosure. Um, it doesn't matter who he is. I mean, it doesn't matter who that customer is. It's like, I know I can go out and do that and kill it, you know, and it's going to be profitable and he's going to be happy. I mean, no matter how like difficult a customer it is, I mean, we know how to deal with people like that. But like, if it's something like, you know, cutting a mirror <laughs> that they already have or, um, you know, installing a customer supplied shower enclosure or un uninstalling a frameless enclosure and then coming back and reinstalling it. Those are things that really I can only do for somebody who I know because I have to be able to have that conversation with them about, okay, you know, you, you realize when, when we're done with this, you're going to have basically a used shower enclosure at the cost of a new one, you know, and sometimes as a contractor and there's a situation there and it, that just makes sense to them because, you know, they're under the gun, whatever it is, you know, everybody has their circumstances. But if I know, you know, if I know the customer and I know that no matter how it turns out, they're not going to throw me under the bus, you know, we're going to end up still being friends at the end of it all. You know, I'm willing to go do those things. And he knows the kind of, the kind of rates that I charge too you know whereas you know if it's somebody who i don't know you don't know what kind of a can of worms you're opening up you know so there's really a lot to be said about that um you know repeat customers having relationships with whether it's a homeowner a builder an architect a designer whatever you know um and i, I don't do business with a whole lot of those you know i don't do business with a whole lot of contractors or whatever because there there aren't that many who who are nice enough to me <laughs> that I'll keep doing their work. But there are a few, there are a few that are really, they really treat me well. And, um, and I know that I can count on them, you know, and they know they can count on me, you know, it's just a beautiful. 
I still have a question for the group since we're talking about like um, kind of like profits and what um, what uh, services we offer or do not offer. What would you guys say is your most profitable product or service that you offer? Good question. I mean, right off the top of my head, I would say like a Cambridge series enclosure. I mean, it's like I can charge a pretty good premium for that and do it so fast. And there's so much, it, there's so much um, give, you know, there's so much, uh, I, don't, I don't know how to say it, like adjustment. I mean, you know, it's like, it's, it's a bypass enclosure. So it does, you don't even really have to get the width. You get it within a half inch, you know, you're fine. Right. And then the height is usually, you know, kind of standard. I usually make them like about 80 or whatever. And man, those go in so fast. Those are profitable. I would say anything sliding. I agree with Chris. I love sliding doors. Um, I would sell sliding doors in every single shower opening I could possibly sell if, if possible. Because um, you make good money on them. The, the, the error space is much larger, obviously. So very rarely are you gonna have something that doesn't go in. Um, my crews that aren't as uh, expensive to the company can put them in very easily and very fast. So that's always good too. Um, I sent two of my helpers out last week to my young guys. I think they're 20 and 21. Uh, and they put in four sliders in a day. And um, knocked it out, like super proud of them. And, and we made good money on that because, um, you know, we're, we're typically hoping two showers a day, three if we're doing good. Um, but sliders, they just, I mean, they go quick. So. Um, what type of sliders are you talking about? Any slider. Uh, I use HMI product a lot. Um, so standard bypass. Bypass, uh, yeah. Double barn door, single barn door, all those. Um, I like all of them. Now the, the frameless barn doors can be a little more touchy, but still you've got so much room for maneuvering a panel when it's not in line with another one that I love, I love sliding doors. I have, I have them in my own house because I, I like the space of them. The new look of them is really nice compared to what they used to be. So, well, the only problem I have with um, the bar sliders is it seems like, you know, if you use that seal on the bottom, the sweep, it's hard to remove it to clean it. Uh, so a lot of them, we talk to the customer and give them the option, but we let them know that if there's no sweep on the bottom, there's nothing to really break that action of the water uh, uh, lipping out from underneath. Um, so it's kind of like they either leak a lot or you got this seal on the bottom that's pretty large and uh, you, you can't really get it off very easily. No, it's, it's a bad, you know. Yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a great call. I agree with that 100%. Um, we, we have problems with them leaking. We try to, you know, make sure we got a good slope underneath them. Uh, but the water pouring off of that onto the curb can give you just that deflection back under the door. So we have had issue with that. Uh, the, the, the one that I put in from HMI does have a suite built onto it, but you're right. You have to pretty much remove the door to deal with the suite. Um, I'll, I'll ask this, you know, and I don't want to kill Ellie Bond's question. We, I, you know, I definitely want everybody to, but while, while we're talking about it, does everybody here put a sweep on every door you do, swinging or sliding, or do you leave that up to your discretion? Put one, everyone I do. Everyone we do except for the sliders. I don't always do it. If the curb is, if the curb is sloping a half inch and six inches, I don't put a sweep on it. There's no reason to. Do you leave room in case you want to put one? What's that? Do you leave room in case you have to come back and put one? Um, yeah, I mean, usually in a situation like that, um, a, a sweep would, bar would barely clear the outside of the curb anyway. I'd have to trim both of the, the legs off, little, you know, little sweepy legs. Oh, yeah, if you do it center line with the curb. Yeah, yeah, but... Um, and, and a lot of times the customer, I really leave a lot of stuff up to the customer's discretion. A lot of times when I install a shower enclosure, before I caulk, I'll bring them in 
I say, look, do you really want me to cock this? Because the truth is, I'm good at it. And I'm going to do a great job. And you won't even notice it today. But in a year from now, it's going to look like crap. And the truth is, this isn't going to be watertight anyway. And chances are, you may not even um, get any water out, you know, if we don't cock it. I, I A lot of times people elect not to. And I'll always tell them, I'll come back and cock it later if you find, you know, you think it really needs it. But try it. Because it looks so nice without without it, you know. So I do the same thing with the sweeps. She's like, hey, I hate putting plastic on these things. You know, do you want to try it without or even just leave them to sweep or just tell them, yeah, you can pull that off, you know, if you don't want it. Um, just throw it away. Chances are you don't need it. I mean, you can always cut the, the fins off the bottom just so the water sheds to the inside. So I'll answer the question. I leave it up to the discretion of my installers. Um, at this point, you know, most of my guys have installed several thousand enclosures. Um, so I leave it up to them a lot of times. Uh, I wish I could have the interaction that you're talking about, Chris. I don't get to have that interaction in the space uh, with the homeowner. I really wish I could because I agree. I don't like vinyl. I think it's ugly. Yeah. Uh, and it's going to get grimy over time. Uh, so it takes away from the aesthetic of the shower. Same thing with the silicone. Um, I know there's there's cases where you, you have to silicone, you know, sometimes. But it, it does look better if you can get a nice clean line with your glass, not to silicone. But, but I've always wondered that. It's something that we used to say, you know, you're going to put a sweep on every single shower, no matter what. Uh, but then we would get the customer that would call about the door sticking, you know, over time. Or if you had too much slope on the curb, it's going to grab too much. Um, so I've, I've tried to leave it up to my guys and say, listen, I, you're, you know what you're doing. I'll let you make that decision. Sometimes they make the wrong one, uh, and we have to deal with that. But, um, but I, I leave it up to those guys because they're doing it every day. I'm not, I'm not there with my hands on that glass every day. So I try to give them, you know, the trust that they know what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, uh, if you, uh, you know, for, for me, what, what I started doing was just, I started putting one on every one because it was easier. It takes less time to put a sweep on the bottom of the door than it does to have the conversation. You know, it don't, only takes one minute to put the sweep on. It takes five minutes to have the conversation, you know, with the customer. <laughs> you know, right? So it's like the sweeps are cheap. You know, I've got, I've got them anyway. Just stick them on, you know. Um, but that's one of the real advantages of, of you know, of, ha of being able to talk to every customer and be able to, you know, communicate mm -hmm. with them. And, and it kind of goes back to, you know, just like what we've been talking about the, the, this whole time uh, of just having that conversation with the, with a customer. I mean, they don't see it the way that we do. When, when someone calls and says, Hey, I've got um, a shower enclosure. Can we reuse the glass? They ask that question all the time. It's like they, they see the glass is in good condition. You know, can we just reuse it? And some of it might be that they're just cheap, you know, they're trying to save money. Some of it might be just like ecology, you know, they don't want to see their glass going to landfill, you know, they want to, they want to be green or whatever, you know, which th that's cool, you know, mm -hmm. but what they don't get is that, you know, they don't see it the way we do and realize, well, really the glass, the actual glass itself is like the cheapest part of the whole thing. I mean, the, the hardware, the aluminum, the labor, you know, that's where all, all the money is, you know? So it's like, we can spend the money if you really want to preserve the glass and it's not about the money, we can do that. But you're going to end up with this kind of a used glass shower enclosure for the cost of a new one. Um, and no one, you know, no one's ever explained that to them, you know? So giving people those options and, and letting them know that, Hey, you do, you know, you do have some choices here and just, uh, even like the, the water leakage, seepage, escape, whatever, with a frameless enclosure. I mean, just walking them through that process of like, Hey, you know, a little water might spill out of this. Is that going to be okay? You know, their knee jerk reaction is no, man, you can't have any water spill out. But if you just, if you just reason with them for a minute, I say, well, what will happen if it does? Well, I guess I'll have to, you know, I'll have to put down a mat. It's like, yeah, <laughs> that's as bad as it actually really gets. I mean, if, the, if it's a tile, 
bathroom, you've got one of those like 70s, you know, carpeted bathrooms, you know. Well, you've got bigger problems, right? I still got one of those. <laughs> I rest my case. Well, you have to watch out, okay, because if somebody has that luxury vinyl tile or they have hardwoods, okay, um, or just any kind of floating floor, engineered flo floating floor, if any water gets out and it's not caulked where the, the threshold of the shower meets the floor and water seeps down in there, then it's under the floor panels. And that's happened to me a couple times. Um, one time, I think one of my installers ran out of sweeps and didn't put it on. And uh, the, it was a guest bathroom on hardwood floors and they had a bunch of people using that shower over a holiday or something and it kept flooding that hardwood floor. So, you know, one of the, I luckily it all worked out, but in my contract, I have a contract with lots of fine print. And one of the things I say in there is that they're responsible for any damages due to water coming out on the outside of the, the shower. Um, they need to contact me immediately to rectify the problem. Uh, we'll take care of it, but uh, I'm not responsible for damages. They can't just let it go and, you know, then call me later after it, it's been destroyed. And uh, that's really the point. But, uh, you know, we're talking about this as kind of a segue to that. Um, you know, that, that's, that could cost a bunch of money if you have to replace a bunch of hardwoods. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I don't know about you, but there's been times when I told a customer, yeah, you don't want a frameless shower enclosure here. This, this is not the right application. I mean, if there's, if there's drywall within one inch of the door, or if there's like uh, that, those MDF baseboards or something, I mean, it's, it's just not going to, it's just not going to be a good situation. Or, you know, like um, maybe a linoleum floor or something, something like that. You get somebody who has a three by three shower. Yes. They want a frameless. I won't do that. Tim, that's a great point. Mm -hmm. uh, it's real tight inside and it just, it's going to flood okay. every area of that shower door. That's why they're called frameless. They're going to leak. I mean, mm -hmm. not leak, but that's too, too small of a shower to do it. Yeah. yeah, that's that's the fun conversation to have uh, with the homeowner that's done their remodel and they got their beautiful new shower. Uh, you know, they and they've seen all these pictures on Pinterest and everywhere, uh, and you send them a picture of a you know a semi frameless shower, and they're like, "That's not what I want." Um, you know, and and having that battle of do I turn it down completely? Do I go ahead and do a frameless, make them sign? Which I, I hate I hate making customers sign for things that I know are bad ideas. Um, <laughs> Just because it, it creates that discussion later, um, you know. So that and, and teaching other salespeople because I'm not the only one selling uh, in my building that you know you have to do that observation and um, and check with them. I try to get my on-site guy. So we have a guy that goes out and measures uh, to get the shower ordered, and I try to make sure he's kind of the last line of defense. If you go in there and you feel bad about it, uh, or you see anything, you know, if it looks too small or the the projection of the head is too you know, uh, too, too heavy towards the door or anything like that. You've got to be kind of the, the last guy. You've got to be the safety that pulls the, you know, pulls the plug on it at the last. And if we lose the sale, we lose the sale. We'll give them the deposit back and it is what it is. Um, cause yeah. it's running through several people. And those, a lot of those, uh, you know, early on in sales, they just want to sell a frameless because that's what the people want. We don't want to have that uncomfortable conversation, but that's a, oh, if it is a small shower, I'll sell on the, um, C.L. Lawrence makes the one with a, what's it called, a, a on a rail. The hinges on a hinge rail. Yeah. With a seal uh, and a strike. Yeah, it's, uh, for, I, I'm not familiar with C.L. Lawrence's product um, on that, but I know HMI does like a true fit or something like that's, that. That's well, what you're talking about. Same thing. Yeah, C.L. Lawrence makes, it's a, you know, what do you call it, a strike jam with hinges on it with a seal. Yeah. Same same thing from from HMI. and then you get a, a strike jam on the the closing against. 
That's, uh, you know, and uh, a couple of weeks ago when we had a, one of these meetings and there was some silent time and everything, I thought, damn, you know, I know there's lots of things to bring up. So since then, I've been writing down all these topics, all right, <laughs> of all these things you need to bring up. Well, one of the things is fiberglass shower stalls. What do you guys do? Okay, you know, and I've, I've kind of have some of my ideas and maybe we could talk about this in another meeting or something mm -hmm. and maybe get a little more in depth. But Tim, uh, just that's exactly a good solution. I've looked at those. I've never tried one. I've looked at them, but aren't they kind of pricey? They could be, but, you know, they want to frame a shower door. Yeah. And you put them in, they, they, and the hinges are, they're offset uh, five degrees to the inside. So when you close the door, it slams against the strike. I like that. Yeah. Well, yesterday, uh, Monday. And, and, and you can buy them. They're 72 inches. You can buy them and you can cut them off, you know, to whatever height you want. Is oh, that the height, 72? I think it's 72. So if you have a 68-inch door, you cut up, you even up what you cut off, you know, top and bottom. They work great. It yeah, is, it, I've heard that's good things like about those. I've never, I've never tried it before either, actually, but I've heard, huh. I've heard good things about them. Yeah. Do you guys have Alumax? Uh, is that a brand you guys have out west? I've heard of it. Yeah, I've, I've heard of it too, but um, I don't see them around here much. All right. Yeah, they used to, back in 80s and 90s in the Atlanta area, they had 90% of the market on frame showers. So they were a big dominant player, but uh, I'm a dealer for their products. And, uh, you know, so I do use a lot of their stuff still, but I don't do a lot of frames like uh, Neos or right angle showers or anything like that. Um, Monday though, I, we put one in that was just a black frame shower with frosted glass and we used a square handle on it. It was a fiberglass stall. Okay. So that was the solution. God, it looked great. It just was beautiful. I was, I'm going to put a picture of it on the website. I was re really impressed because that frosted glass with the black finish looks current I'll bet. You know? and it also good. hides the ugly fiberglass stall <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that is a that is a good topic for a meeting and if you've got if you've got a list of ideas like that i do instant message them to me <laughs> i'd love to see yeah. that list all right i can do that so so in fact, I'm, right before this uh, meeting, I went out to my truck looking for my ring binder. I guess I left it at work, so I don't have it on me right now. But um, yeah, it, it, you know the fiberglass thing is uh, is a uh, is a deal we got to contend with. So that some lady wanted a a door in a fiberglass shower, and she wanted me to do something. I says, "Well, that." Fiberglass isn't going to hold that door, you know. And I've known, I knew the lady for years, and she got all bent out of shape at me, and so I didn't do the work. Well, what I've been doing is a deluxe header kit that goes just over the top of the walls of the shower door. Hopefully, I'm going to be drilling into the flanges behind the sheetrock, if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So when we set the screws, we're at least in that flange. And I've got a couple other tricks I've come up with, um, but we can do a pivot door on these things. Um, and people have been real happy with the fact that we'll do it and everybody else turns it down and we are making money doing it. So um, yeah, back in the day, the shower door, the, the fiberglass stalls were never, they were short and all the shower doors we did were taller mm -hmm. yeah that's a smart idea I, I i i'm seeing what you're saying about that um brad using a 
a header, setting it on top of the surround, mm -hmm. and then um, using pivots. That's a good idea. That works. And I found it like Lowe's and Home Depot, they got these little round, they're, uh, they're used for door stops, you know, like when the knob hits your sheetrock. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And they're real thin. It's a, kind of a hard plastic. It has double stick, stick 3M tape on it. Um, I have found that if you want to go higher and, you know, there's no wood back there. Okay. So uh, you can use that in the on the wall and then bridge your deluxe header then drill into that that gives you some strength and then once the silicone cures if it's a door and panel the silicone on that panel will fixate the whole thing and hold it in place and i've probably have done well over 100 without problems yeah so. i mean well even if you're not hitting anything back there using a header system like that there's very little shear you know, I mean, all of the weight is on the bottom of the door. So right. I'd feel really comfortable doing that in just about any situation, you know? The, the issue is that as the door swings back and forth, that over time, I'm worried that that's going to work that anchor. So if you could get a better quality anchor, and but you're coming in at an angle, with right, that, right? you know, with that screw and everything. Uh, some of the anchoring systems I think are great, except they're designed to go straight. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure if I can take those anchoring systems at an angle or can I just modify a bracket to go straight? Like the old brackets, I don't know how long you guys have been doing this, but it used to be they didn't have those setting blocks in the top that with that you know the running your screw through it used to be like a little like l, l angle l basically yeah. they still have those yep so we could do that but i'd have to train my guys on that they, they would like balk at it because <clears throat> it looks cheap compared to what they're accustomed to and you know no i think that's a good solution actually mm -hmm. mm. now yeah. I, have, I have a quick question at, talking about the fiberglass units, you know how a lot of them have that radius at the base where the where the base meets the verticals. Yeah. Does that pose a problem? How do you? What do you? I mean, you can't get too tight with that, right? It, it can be uh, an issue, can be, but generally our fabricator will round the corners if we put that on the deal. Okay. Um, <clears throat> they've had problems with personnel during COVID. So, you know, not everything comes in the way it's supposed to come in. Um, so one of my installers came back and said, yeah, you know, he had a little problem with it, but he just had to use a thicker setting block on the bottom, you know, and raise everything up. And, but it worked out fine. He said, all look good. Customer is really happy. So. Wow. How do you bottom pivot hinge in that fiberglass so the, the hole doesn't weep out haven't had a problem with that mm -hmm. just plug it and go no you just drill into the fiberglass yep. yeah you just screw down into the fiberglass okay i know bill bill um Dobbin talks about that they have, they'll put a little silicone under it too which I, that that makes sense you know put a little silicone and screw it down and then you know that'll keep it from yeah, when he said that, though, I was sitting there thinking, yeah, I've done that, too, but then it gets real slippery. It does. <laughs> <laughs> Silicone you know, is a good lubricant, isn't it? Yeah, it, it is. <laughs> uh, you got to be careful with that. But, That's you true. know, some of the fiberglass, I imagine the curb has a, a wood thing in there when they form the whole thing together. Yeah. There is a little wood in certain places on those fiberglass stalls. I'm not sure if it's on the curb or not. I don't, I can't comment on that. Of course, there's a lot of manufacturers. You never know what one does and another one doesn't. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, hey, that's some good stuff, guys. Yeah. Thanks for pitching in, man. Yep. I well, it's been good. <laughs> well, yeah, so, so be sure to send me a list of your topics and we'll see. Uh, yeah. Okay. We'll see about making those um 
the topics of our discussions going forward. And you, the rest of you guys too. I mean, if there's something that we're not covering here, always feel free. You can post it in the group. You can send me an instant message, whatever, send me an email. No, I'm really interested in that. And uh, good talk, guys. All right. Well, very good. We'll see you next That's Wednesday. See you soon, guys. Thanks, guys. Keep up the good work. Hey, this is Chris Phillips, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast. You may want to join the Shower Door Professionals group on Facebook. Just go to Facebook and search for Shower Door Pros, and you'll find us. I look forward to seeing you.